Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Wednesday. We hit hump day before a massive football weekend. Are you getting a little more excited every day? Longhorn fans, a lot of things going your way right now if you're a Longhorn football fan. The thing we talked about before the end of the show yesterday, yeah, that happened. And then the other thing we talked about during the show that maybe needed to happen, yeah, that happened too. And Texas and TCU are going to play Saturday evening, and we're going to talk a lot about it today. It's Chad and Zay on a Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. He's a Bowie Bulldog. He's ready for the playoffs. He's also ready for his Longhorns to take on TCU. What's up, Zay? What up, Chad? Feeling pretty good, man. It's time for a lot of guys to start flipping from your alma mater, especially. Definitely love that. From the rival up north, love that too. And yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. This is Texas, man. Come on. How do you not want to be here in the ATX playing high-quality football for the state school? It's an easy decision. Hey, look, the Red River thing, I totally understand. There's no need to go messing around in the poor old Brazos Valley. I mean, they're just trying to scrape a team together over there. You can't uh, you can't go you can't go word you know, taking players over there. No, not at all. Actually, there is a player we need to talk about in terms of uh, of this week because there's uh, there continues to be big recruiting stories for Texas, and uh, we will definitely get into that. We'll get into the game. We'll get into a couple of things that happened that seem to be lining up pretty well for Texas. Um, we've also got fantasy talk coming up. If you're a fantasy football owner, Zay got a nice close victory for the Brett Favre donating a building team. But how much you win by? Six points? Yeah, about 13. Oh, at 13. Yeah, yeah. yeah a little yeah, easier. Okay, a little well, easier. I mean, it wasn't easy. I was definitely a little nervous, especially Monday night when you have Alvin Kamara and what he could do with the football and also Lamar Jackson. Both of those guys, you know, they're tough. So yeah. Lamar Jackson, he played well. Alvin Kamara, not so much. So thank you, Andy Dalton, for that. Now your boy 7-2, and two, feeling good. There you go. So if you have a fantasy question, start shooting them our way. Specs text line is 337-3776. Get those fantasy questions in because J.D. Lewis is coming up at 1230. We'll have our normal guests on a Wednesday to start digging into Texas TCU and these big recruiters. Stories of the week. Justin Wells of Inside Texas and on3.com at 105 at 205. It's Chip Brown from Horns247.com. And before we get started and get into the football stuff, let's also send out our best to Brittany Griner. This show is not trying to be political or pick a side in this discussion. We're trying to be human about it. This story continues to suck for Brittany Griner, and now she is being transferred to a penal colony in Russia, and her lawyers and her uh, and the U.S. officials don't even know where right now. 
They are waiting to find out where she is being sent as of this moment. As I understand it, her family, the people representing her, lawyers, whatever, nobody knows exactly where she is. That is a terrifying fact in this story. So nothing but positive thoughts going out to Brittany Griner. Hopefully she can get home at some point before eight years from now. It's a crazy story, Zay. And every time I hear an update, it just gets worse. Yeah, yeah. I they just got to hope that she's doing well at this point. That's all I got on it. Man, oh, it's awful stuff. All right, let's get into the stuff going on around here. We'll go spec set piece, and we will start with a flip. The spec set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it's time to kick off the Austin FC match, say big at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. You know, Zay, when, uh, when we talk to these recruiting guys and guys that really follow recruiting, every once in a while they'll tell you, that a big rival game doesn't actually matter to certain players. Some of them don't care. Some of them doesn't really matter. Win, lose, close game, blowout, doesn't matter. But it would appear that for a certain young man whose dad played at Texas, who had committed to Oklahoma, apparently 49 nothing had a little bit of an effect on him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and you got to love it. You got to love the performance that the Horns put on in the Red River rivalry, and yeah, clearly Colton Vosick saw that. He saw the writing on the wall at Oklahoma, and the grass ain't always greener. I mean, we know his relationship with Brent Venables. It goes back a long way, back to when Brent was the defensive coordinator at Clemson for Dabo Sweeney, and if he were to stay at Clemson, then I don't know if this flip would have happened because Colton Vosick would probably be going to that part of South Carolina playing with his other former team, teammate, K Klubnik. So now, what a flip. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. you got to you know give shout-out to Bo Davis and what Pete Kwiatkowski and Steve Sarkeesian, what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. It, it looks fun. You know, it looks fun playing on that line and getting mm-hmm. to the quarterback, even though they might not sack the quarterback as much as I would like. Yeah. They still have tons of pressures, and you've seen, you know, you've seen the progression. You've seen the change and the narrative of, okay, Texas defense, they could get back to what they were in the early 2000s when they had absolute dudes and guys going to the NFL. So, you know, his teammates there, Ethan Burke, who he won a, multiple state championships with, mm-hmm. That has to be cool, and they play the same position. And, yeah, I, this was a great move for the University of Texas. And, yeah, shout out to Colton Vosick. Yeah, the the resume he's trying to hang, you know, in, in high school is just amazing. He's, because of the, the classification, he's already gotten three state titles, and now he's going for four. That is a crazy thing to imagine. You play high school football for four years, and you don't have a season where you do not win state. I think it was Kyler Murray three. Is it? Th- uh, I think he won three in a row, but maybe not for a sure, fourth. He, yeah, he definitely won a ton. I'm sure there are guys if we if we look and you know the the you know historians of college football, uh, high school football could tell us the guys that have maybe won four. But that that's an incredible thing he's uh, going for there. And then if you read some of the comments yesterday, he talked about staying in constant communication with the Texas coaches because Zay, you've talked about it. It never ends. It does not stop. Just because somebody's verbally committed, you stay on the, hey, how's it going? What's going on? Anything we can tell you? Anything you got? Anything you'd like to know? I mean, just they, it, 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 
it is perfectly allowed right up until that signing moment, which doesn't happen until December. Yeah, it's a new era, and it's a new set of kids. Like, these these kids are different, you know, and why not get wine and dine till the final, you know, signing period or till you're on campus, damn. I mean, I, I, I would want that, you know, come keep coming after me. That, that's It's great to have that feeling when you're wanted. And again, when you see the writing on the wall, what's going on in Norman, it's not the, you know, I wanted to say it's, it's not as toxic as A&M, but it's what they're doing down there. I bet you that's not what he envisioned himself and what he envisioned Brent Venables coming uh, over. And plus what Steve Sarkeesian, Bo Davis and Pekulkowski have done here at the 40 acres, he probably didn't see that coming. You know, because you couldn't say that last mm-hmm. year with that five and seven team. You hear Keandre Coburn talking about Bo Davis has changed his life and he's found a new love for the game. Like that's that's motivating. Like I'm glad to hear things like that. You need to hear things like that. And you know, going back to the Bo Davis rant, like that's a guy that has a lot of pride in what he does mm-hmm. and has a lot of pride in this university and putting the best players that he can out there. And he's definitely developed these guys. And if you're Colton Vosick, how can you not want to play for that? Yeah, we'll talk more about that with Justin Wells of Inside Texas coming up. He follows recruiting very closely, but Colton Vosick flips yesterday. It went from, you know, we had told you the you know earlier in the week that things were changed a little bit on that social media in terms of it saying OU commitment, and then it didn't say OU commitment, and then things switched pretty quickly. He's you know, tweeted out four o'clock and uh, yesterday, and at about that time, he let everybody know that he was flipping to Texas. So that is huge. He becomes the twenty-first commitment in the twenty twenty-three class, and I see it rated as the number five class in the country right now. I think I was looking at the rivals rankings on that one. So, congrats to Colton Vosick for making that decision. Uh, certainly, a, a big decision nowadays. Yes, you can transfer and all that, but you hope these kids make the decision that works for them right away. And apparently Colton Vosick, whether it was just that game or that was an ingredient uh, and it was the family stuff, whatever it is, whatever the reasons, or like Jay's talking about, it could be the situation that, oh, you didn't feel right to him and the situation at Texas does feel right. Colton Vosick flipping to Texas. Earlier in the week, Anthony Hill, the linebacker from Denton Ryan, decommitted from A&M. We'll ask Justin Wells coming up any schedule on that. I haven't heard anything yet, Zay, about Anthony Hill recommitting anywhere. Have you heard a timeline at all on Hill? I have not. I okay. feel like he's going to be wine and dine till the very end. I mean, why not? You're the best <laughs> linebacker. You're the best linebacker in the nation. Like, people are going to come after you. But, you know, we talk about these coaches not stopping in the recruiting. These players, they don't stop. Like, Arch Manning, you think he's been – you know, not texting Colton Vosick every week, especially after the OU game. Like, hey, Colton, it might be like this for the next five years, bruh, especially if I'm going to be taking the snaps in the next few years too. Mm -hmm. You really want to be a part of that? Like, you're my guy. You got a lot of teammates down here. Michael Tav, Ethan Berg, all these guys, you know, we're all the homies. We could do something special and, you know, be known like that 05 team. And and Colton being from this area, having a dad who's also been a part of you know being part of University of Texas on the alma mater he understands he gets it you know he you know he understands what you could be if you you could become a legend in this town if you do it the right way Mm -hmm. no Vince Young has a damn steakhouse like, yeah. like, I right. mean, let's let, let's not get it twisted you could be treated like royalty and to do that in your home city that's special 
Uh, somebody says he's choosing on signing day, referencing Anthony Hill. He may wait that long uh, to decide what he's going to do. So uh, that story was huge yesterday. And, yes, the relationship with Vasek and Arch Manning, I saw that mentioned in a couple of stories, too, that they are pretty close. And uh, some of those visits that they've had and them being together uh, you know, at UT has, has been big at times as well. Colton rethought things, and he flipped yesterday. So right now – and, of course, that's still a verbal commitment, but he is now committed to Texas instead of Oklahoma. So, uh, in terms of things that you know happen that are, that are good for Texas football fans, certainly you put that one in the category. Then, Zay, I would say what happened last night with this college football playoff committee is also a good thing for Texas. We said it yesterday. If TCU gets into the top four, then welcome to the distraction week for the Horn Frogs. So, whatever it's going to be, You've gotten that. They ended up number four last night. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. Yes, it's TCU at four. Now, yesterday I said if I was Sonny Dykes, I would have said no, tried to stay focused, say no to all the interviews. He can't say no to all the interviews. He's the head coach at TCU. He has to take this attention. So he was on the ranking show last night talking to Reese Davis. He was then on SportsCenter talking to Scott Van Pelt. I don't know how many other interviews he did. I do know he sat down with our guy Craig Way and gave Craig like 10 minutes of a one-on-one. Shout out to you, Sonny Dykes, for that because the coaches don't always give the radio play-by-play guys uh, the time. He gave Craig Way uh, about 10 minutes. So we do And he pre- lets his assistants talk, too. Oh, how about that? They get love. That's new. Oh, Garrett Riley. You can go on multiple sites and see interviews of him. There you go. That's rare that nowadays, too. Mm-hmm. So good for him on that. But now all of that limelight, all the, 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 the shine goes on to TCU. Heck, last night, without needing to, Reese Davis threw out a little comment about, hey, just so it's clear, we like Austin and everything, but we're going to follow the TCU story. Did you hear him say that? I ain't hear that. He said that on national television. I'm like, whoa, Reese, Reese. Bulletin board material. I love it, Reese. Yeah. Bring that. Now, that is something I would, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, I would bring that to my guys, and I would find the exact quote. I'd play it for them and say, fellas, I'd play it, and I'd I'd pause and just look at my team. Fellas, ESPN just told everybody, they're coming to see our opponent. They're not coming for us. Yo, this game is like a movie. There's so many different storylines and things to look at, like for TCU. And, yeah, I do like them being in the playoff because they do have those distractions. But also now they're thinking, hey, we win out. We can win a national championship. And on the other hand, if you're Gary Patterson, Mm. you know how much that fires you. Like I'm PO'd thinking about it myself, and I ain't even a part of the team. And thinking about Gary Patterson and the two decades he put in Fort Worth, the blood, the sweat, the tears to put into that program, and the year I leave, this team could win a national championship? Are you effing kidding me? Yeah. With Max Duggan. With Max Duggan, if you who almost lost his spot. Hell, Max yeah. Duggan, they wanted to play oh, no, oh, yeah, Fred, not, the not, Redford, uh, Redford not almost, freshman. Not almost. He did. He yeah. did not start as the starter this year. Yeah, lost his spot. Like, yeah. and all the, you know, you got to feel for Max Duggan. He's been through a lot. There was the heart thing, then there was the losing the spot and getting it back. So you know he's grateful for every oh, yeah. snap that he takes. But, yeah, they had uh, uh, old Morris. They were ready to play him, yep. start him. So now, yeah, look on that side. If you're Texas, that's your coach now. 
Gary Patterson, he's put in the time. He basically the scout coach defensively for for Sark, and you should want to win for him and ruin TCU season because yeah. you have the opportunity to do that. I don't give a damn about a Big Twelve team making the uh, college football playoff. Damn that, not TCU. I do. I hell no. Somebody says Reese Davis said it on the Paul Feinbaum show as well. Mm, beautiful. Wow, interesting, interesting, beautiful. Uh, yeah, somebody said, uh, how big can it be to have Gary P to plan against Duggan? That is a huge storyline in this game. What Gary Patterson can do to help. Texas out to help that coaching staff yeah. out. And he knows Sonny Dykes very well, too. Sonny Dykes was under him for a little bit. Uh, that's true, too. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there's You're right. All the little storylines. By the way, uh, I'll give you a storyline. This afternoon at 4.30, Rod and Harge are going to talk to a storyline in this game. It's not the game itself, but they're talking to CDC. You talking mm. about talking about somebody that's got different perspective on TCU and Texas? They're going to talk to CDC Chris Del Conte, the a- uh, athletic director, today at four thirty. Uh, so be sure to stay right here on the horn and and hear that. So Texas and TCU Longhorn fans, you can let us know how you're feeling about this game, the matchup. I got to tell you, Zay, as I'm thinking about this game right now, and a pick last couple times, I picked against a bit with Oklahoma State, and I was right. I picked against them with K State. Ended up being wrong. I'm real close on this one back and forth. I really am. I've made arguments to myself in the last 24 hours for both of these teams to win the game. I think it's a hell of a battle. And I'm kind of zeroing in on these pass defenses. Texas is 101 in pass defense. TCU's 95. I just feel like this may turn into a Duggan-Ewers battle. That in the end, whoever throws that stat sheet up wins this thing. I know there's a lot of attention on Bijan, and there's a lot of attention on Miller, and that's a great battle too. Both are a thousand yard backs already, but I got a weird feeling like this could turn into an old school Southwest Conference kind of shootout, and it's going to be about who can hang like thirty five or forty on the other. I think this is maybe a quarterback kind of game. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think TCU's defense is anything to write home about. I mean, they got LaDamian Tomlinson's nephew playing cornerback over there. He's solid. Uh, God, that makes me feel old. Why'd you, have to, why you, feel you old? Have, why'd you have to say that out loud? There's no need to say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, Hodges Tomlinson, so he, he's over there playing corner. He's tough. Then the other corner, Newton, he, he's solid. He's a transfer, mm-hmm. but their big-time linebacker, D. Winner, number 13, he will not play in the first half because he got hit for targeting in the Texas Tech game. Uh-huh. So he controls a lot in that new 3-3-5 defense that they run up there. Gary Patterson used to run that 4-2-5. So they've been adjusting to that new defense out there, which they've been vulnerable at times. Clearly they get it together in the second half, but I think this might be a Quinn Ewers game because we know – I well, at least I assume with how good B. John Robinson was last week and the point of emphasis that you put on him, especially Texas, like still try to get him 30 touches. Hopefully they're 30 smart touches and in the right time. But mm-hmm. Sonny Dykes and that ball club, they're going to come in trying to stop B. John Robinson and take the Oklahoma State approach and say, hey, Quinn, yours, uh, redshirt freshman, can you beat us? Yeah, and that's a, it, it is a weird problem to throw out there because do you really want to say, Quinn, yours, can you beat us with the 95th best pass defense in the country? Yeah. 
That's the question. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of a pick your poison. Bijan averaging 5.9 a carry so far this year. Miller is averaging 6.6. If you have not seen Kendra Miller play, it's going to be a little bit different than last week when you saw Bijan and Deuce, because Deuce is on the lower end in terms of size. He's just a, he is like a unicorn freak in a great way on the low end of height. But on the upper end of height, up in that six foot six one era area, that's where you find Miller. He is a physical runner. That's going to be fun to watch those two guys. Yeah, I think this is. Uh, you know, Gibbs was nice at Alabama, but overall, I think this is the biggest test for this defense and stopping the run when it comes to stopping the running back. Yes, Deuce Vaughn, he's nice too, but Deuce is just different. Like you said, you just yeah. pointed out Miller's measurements. That, that's different. You better yeah. wrap this guy up. He breaks tackles. He'll. He can take it to the house, you know, and then if you add Max Duggan, his leg ability, then that's two things to account for, which also makes Miller so tough. So in this, you know, Garrett Riley offense, Sonny Dykes likes the air raid. Garrett Riley throws a little bit of stuff that he learned from Big Bro, and, you know, Big Bro's been successful and has been just a brutal Texas dominator over the years thank goodness he's in the Pac-12 now but you know the little bro's gonna come in and be like hey big bro how'd you do certain things against Texas during your time because I would love to pick your brain and I'm sure Lincoln Riley would love to you know see his little brother shine over the University of Texas so I yeah this defense they better get ready and I think they're good enough this defensive line is good enough to take on somebody like Miller it's just all about that secondary with me and this is TCU their wide receiver core they're tough man and clearly you know Quentin uh, Johnson he gets the you know majority of the headlines but man when I look at Tay Barber tough then I look at uh, Darius Davis who might be the best special teams guy in the nation like he has five punt returns four touchdowns which is the most in TCU history so I'm going to be a little scared to kick it to him Danny Trejo he's going to have his work cut out for him trying to get the ball away from him and get good punts off but at the end of the day it's going to be a hell of a matchup and that's why game day is coming to town. No doubt can Quentin Johnson if Quentin Johnston plays that's obviously huge for TCU. He's got 14 more catches than anybody on their team. Clearly their best receiver. He's going to play. And my guess would be he's playing. I think he could have played last week. They were just being cautious with him. Do, do you know what it is? I don't know if top ankle of sprain. It's an ankle. Okay, it's an ankle gotcha. sprain. He right. heard it in the game prior to that when they played West Virginia. He okay. heard it then. Then he didn't practice much the week leading up to Texas Tech. I want to say that they want him to practice today. That was the plan. I don't think he practiced Monday and Tuesday. The plan is to have him practice today and see where he's at. But, yeah, he if he plays and if he's any somewhat healthy, he's going to be an issue because that 6'5", long, lanky, could go get it up top. He's as scary as anybody in the nation. It's going to be a really, really fun game to watch. I'm guessing uh, my, my limb today is I'm guessing the final score won't be 14-10. I think it's going to take a little bit more than that. I think this is going to be a scoring kind of game. TCU, fourth in total offense, 13th running the ball, 22nd passing the ball. They are better in all three of those categories than Texas is on offense by the numbers right now. But, of course, the Vegas line says Texas by seven. We'll be talking about it all week long. More on that coming up. Also, 
fantasy talk coming up. If you've got your fantasy questions for J.D. Lewis, get them in on the Specs text line, 337-3776-JD, to help you with fantasy football. Coming up in the crap bag, I'll remind you about a couple of coaches that you might have forgotten about in 2022. And at 105, Justin Wells from Inside Texas with a little bit more on just why Colton Vosick decided to go from Boomer Sooner to Hook'em Horns in the span of one day. That's coming up on The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I certainly know the song. I am rarely the title, though. Sharp Dressed Man, ZZ Top. Yep, that's right. This was during that big run, man. They took over for a while. Eliminator, I believe, is this album. ZZ Top, three Texas boys. Did well. Did pretty good. Rest in peace to Dusty Hill. We've lost one member of ZZ Top now. I got to see him on their 50th anniversary tour before Dusty passed. Man, still incredible. Billy Gibbons is just an amazing. ZZ Top from the H. Singer. Yes, correct. Houston. Very good. Yeah. Houston guys, yep. Started out as a, more of a straight-up blues band. Then right around this time, man, they just found that right little pop rock you know, thing. and Yeah, they got their own sound. And then once MTV had taken over, they realized the videos were important, and then the beards became a signature, and the car became a signature, and the hot girls became a signature, and then they just took off. Yeah. It was an incredible run. Yeah, when you add beautiful women to anything, that probably ups your chances on being successful. Yeah, and they had already been the band that was, they had plenty, they had more songs with the with double entendre than people really realized. Oh, yeah? There was a lot of stuff going on back in the day where you're like, ugh. You, we, you and I were talking in a break the other day about you grow up and realize, we may have talked about it on the air, you realize what a song was about later. Yeah, it's ZZ. yeah, we talked about it on oh, there. Oh, dude, ZZ. I, that I bet there's twelve. I bet there's five to eight ZZ Top songs I can name right now where I realize, oh yeah, that was. Oh yeah, and a couple of years later, oh yeah, that's completely filthy and dirty. That's wonderful. Well yeah. done, well done, fellas. <laughs> well done. I had no idea. All right, uh, so shout out to ZZ Top to get us started today musically. We got Justin Wells of Inside Texas coming up to talk Longhorns as we get ready for Texas and TCU. But right now, we're going to try to help your fantasy team. We're going to try to help Zay's fantasy team on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He is J.D. Lewis. J.D., how are you? Chad, I'm great, man. I uh, I was loving the conversation on ZZ Top. I, I have to admit, you know, we used to play that game old school, new school, so I, I it always infuriated some of the older generation, but... I was going to ask if ZZ Top was the beards. You confirmed that. Yes. Uh, and then I was going to mention, I, I, it's hard. I get these two bands blended, uh, and I don't even know if they have the exact same sound or not, but I always get them confused with the Doobie Brothers. Uh, I don't know why. 
Is that mm, weird? Interesting. Is that totally different. Um, totally I mean, different. Yeah, do we burst Michael McDonald? That is Michael McDonald. <laughs> I'd say a little bit different. Yeah, a little bit different. But you know what? Yeah. But, but both both have you know white boys that can rock. White boys with soul. White boys with soul. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll to what I know and the you know fancy football, not uh, not 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 <laughs> in some of that that that, uh, that music stuff from that generation. Yeah, I'd say ZZ Top a little more on the bluesier side, um, and then Doobie Brothers a little more on the just kind of you know rocking out. Rock, you know, kind of a jam band kind of side of it, but uh, there's nothing wrong with nothing wrong with that. That wasn't too far off, not too far off. Um, JD, yeah, JD's never too far off when it comes to fantasy football. Zay, let's try to help the Brett Favre team, even though they don't need it. What do you need? Yo, JD, your boy seven and two, feeling good. I'm trying to pull away from everybody so I get that. First week in the playoff bye because my team definitely could use it with Mike Williams on my bench. But you know who's been a sleeper for me, J.D.? We don't talk about kickers enough. Nick Folk has won me games because wow. he's had like five field goal games and four field goal games. And Bill Belichick, he's going to take the points. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and they can move the ball, and they run it well, and they'll take the points for sure. And and look, I'm painfully aware of Nick Folk because I, you know, have I've run into that buzzsaw. And, and again, in leagues that have kickers, which are ridiculous, should not have kickers in your league. But you, uh, the absolute worst thing is when you you get two points from your kicker, and their kicker goes for 21, and you're at a 19 point disadvantage from the kicker position. Mm. It's ridiculous. It should not. Anyway, whatever. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Uh, congratulations, eh? You have Nick Folk. Good job. <laughs> oh, wow. He may not even help you now. Yeah. You may yeah, have made him mad good. with the kicker. It's all good. It's all good. I'm going to get my notes from everybody else and their uh, decisions. All <laughs> right, right, right. All right. So that, that's it. You just want yeah, to brag on Nick Folk? Yeah, I'm 7-2. Wow. What can I say? All We're right. rolling. All right, J.D. He just wants to brag. Let's see if we can help out the other folks today on the Specs text line. This says 12-team, half-point PPR. I need two of these guys. McLaren, uh, Claypool, London, or Gibson? Yikes. <laughs> McLaurin uh, is one that I would say that I would for sure go with. I just Drake London's floor is too low. I think Antonio Gibson's probably playing the best of the bunch, but now I'm telling you two commanders to play, and I don't love to necessarily do that. Huh. But, and, and I love what Fields is doing, and his value is great, but it's his legs that's getting it done. You've got to be realistic. Claypool is his second week into this system, and so what you're hoping for with Claypool is that he connects on a you know long 60-, 70-yard touchdown reception, and I don't think that, that – is very likely. I, I feel like I, I would have to tell you right now I'm leaning Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin uh, as much as I don't like that. Okay. That'll wait, Taylor Heineke. Get those guys the ball. <laughs> All right, J.D., half point, Palmer, Judy, or Tony? One of those three. So I'm still – I still want to see Tony get more – uh, involved in that offense before I feel confident starting him. They're going to use him a little bit, but they're not going to feature him or anything like that. Uh, Judy is tough, obviously, because we know the, the Broncos' woes. You're going to have to wait and see here. Uh, assuming Keenan Allen is out and assuming I mean, we know Mike Williams is likely to be out, um, more than likely anyways, uh, it's the San Francisco 49ers defense, man, and I've got to do a little. I'd have to do a little research into Josh Palmer against zone, how well he does 
because the Niners could eat up the Chargers in that game. And so I would lean Judy right now, but I would be looking into the numbers a little bit on how Palmer does versus zone uh, because that's what they, you'll see a lot of against the Niners. Talking with J.D. Lewis, a little fantasy football talk here. Uh, J.D., this says PPR super flex spot, Daniel Jones, D.J. Moore, Christian Kirk, or Deontay Foreman? Daniel Jones, I'm a very strong believer that unless unless it's a top-tier option in that super flex, I'd rather have a mid-tier quarterback. And I think Daniel Jones has a really good uh, – he has a really good matchup against Houston in terms of Houston allows, I don't know, third, maybe even the most rushing yards to opposing teams, not just running backs, but also quarterbacks. And so uh, Daniel Jones has been – they've been using his legs lately. I think you could expect – it's not going to be Justin Fields kind of stuff, but it, you, know, you can expect – 50 or 60 yards on the ground from Daniel Jones because that's kind of what Houston's susceptible to. So uh, maybe he gets a couple touchdowns that would all be kind of butter, but I think he gives you a significantly higher floor. The quarterback position touches the ball on every single down. That's what you're looking for is opportunities. And so I wouldn't be gambling on any non-quarterback play unless it was an elite type player and and none of those other three uh, fit that build. Okay. J.D., this person has Lamar Jackson on the bye week, so they need a quarterback out of these three, Jared Goff, Jimmy G, Marcus Mariota. You know, I think that with the addition of Christian McCaffrey to that offense, uh, other than taking one touchdown pass away from Jimmy G like McCaffrey did, uh, you you just the the offense is going to be better, and and the fifty sixty yards of uh, receiving that McCaffrey gets, Garoppolo will get credit for that, and I think we all know he can throw a little two yard sling route um, about as good as anyone. So, uh, yeah, I, I like I like Garoppolo just because I think your your floor on him is now two hundred fifty two hundred sixty yards, a couple touchdowns. Debo's going to come back. Kittle is looking pretty good. Ayuk is playing at a high level. I just think that offense as a whole is going to benefit so much from McCaffrey being there and what he can create for everybody else. J.D., somebody wants to know, do I need to worry about this Josh Allen elbow thing? For people who don't know, right elbow injury, they said it's he's questionable right Uh-oh. now. Keenum would be the backup. Are you worried about it, J.D.? You, if you, if you have Josh Allen, you should be terrified. If you have Steph Diggs, you should be terrified. The, the good news is that right now, the reports are being downplayed. Uh, I was scared yesterday. I was really scared when they announced they were going to have a press conference today. Yep. Who knows what they're going to announce? We're talking about this is an injury. If you're a pitcher, it's Tommy John surgery. Like that's the thing that is concerning. Is it a partial tear? And and the funny thing is, people are so worried about this. Um, but what's puzzling is that he threw a 69 yard bomb on the last play of that game, and it's like, wait, what? Huh? Like was adrenaline, blood? I don't know. Like it, it doesn't make sense. So maybe he's not as hurt. Maybe he's more hurt. But they're being cryptic. They're saying he's truly day to day. They don't know if he'll play this weekend or not. Um, but you know, you would think with his playing style, the Buffalo Bills have to protect him from himself and at least keep him out a week and see how uh, limited practice sessions and treatment and all that stuff. Uh, how the injury responds with a week or two off because they they have to have this guy. They don't need him to make the playoffs. They have to have him to have any kind of a shot at a playoff run, even if that means four to six weeks of shutting him down. I think they have a good enough roster that Case Keenum could come in and win a game or two, which is all you really need him to do. And and so, yeah, you should be very concerned because there's no replacement for what Josh Allen does for a fantasy football team. And the advantage this year that you have over all the other teams 
is is significant. And so that loss would cripple most teams, I would say, because when you have Josh Allen, you don't have a contingency plan for a backup quarterback because if you need one, you're in trouble anyways. Yeah, and they got one of the hottest teams coming into town, the Minnesota Vikings, so they got some answers. Now, J.D., here's a trade proposal. Would you accept this trade? Cooper Cup, you're trading Cooper Cup and Justin Fields and receiving Cortland Sutton, Lamar Jackson, and Kenneth Walker. No, I would not accept that trade. I, don't, I, I think that uh, the, the, what you're getting back for Cooper Cup is just not enough. Um, I like Kenneth Walker, I do, uh, but I think Fields is a in a great position too. I mean, I feel like you should be able to get a guy like Kenneth Walker for Fields and another piece if that guy needs a quarterback. Uh, but I guess he's got Lamar Jackson. I, I just I don't I, I like Lamar just fine, but he, he's not playing at that MVP level that he did the first few weeks, and so I and while he could still get back to that. Uh, I think that that's a gamble, and it's a gamble that you don't need to make uh, in that situation. So I would uh, I would hold tight because I wouldn't want to let rid of, of Cooper Cup. I couldn't let him go. All right, one more from me, J.D. Flex position, Najee, Jamal Williams, Deontay Foreman, need two. Uh, Jamal Williams and Deontay Foreman are guys that I'm going to monitor. It looks like Swift's going to have an uptick in usage so you need to keep track of that. I still think he's your goal line back, so he gives you a little bit of a floor. Um, I'm worried about Najee Harris, and a lot of there's a lot of whispers, uh, and that's really just what they are right now, local Pittsburgh uh, reporters and stuff on Twitter. Who knows if they're bots or they're real? Who knows? There's just chatter around Najee Harris losing some more of his carries to Jalen Warren. And so uh, I, in an already kind of lethargic offense with a tough O-line, with a quarterback that no longer is checking down to him seven to ten times a game, uh, he, his value has just vastly disappeared. And so it's a, it's a total gamble if you go there. And so it depends on what you need. If you need a, a potential high upside, you could go with him. But, I mean, he hadn't scored more than 14 points this year in PPR. Like, that's that's really bad. That's not good upside. So – uh, I, I would be leaning Deontay Foreman. He just ran all over the Falcons. The Falcons are going to run the ball. The Bengals got out on him so fast. I mean, they they got ahead 35-0, and it totally changed what that game was going to look like, and Foreman didn't see any more carries. Atlanta won't do that. They will continue to run, which means Carolina can continue to run. So I would I would lean Foreman and Williams right now and continue to track the Najee Harris situation. All right. Last one for me too, J.D. Geno Smith or Derek Carr, PPR League? Gino, baby, come on, we gotta go, Gino. Now, I, look, who knows what you're gonna get out of a game in Germany? We ne- we don't have any any data about how teams play when they go to Germany, uh, but it should be fun. I would treat it similar to a London game. I usually avoid London games. But that's really more because the Jaguars usually play in those Monday games or those London games, but. Uh, I really have – I don't have any idea what to expect in that game. It could be high-scoring shootout. It could be uh, just a low-scoring game because of what Tampa Bay's been. But uh, I still think that Geno's been solid enough that you can expect 282 touchdowns, maybe a rushing touchdown, and that upside is a lot higher to me than what Derek Carr gives you. And Derek Carr has shown to be very volatile week to week. And, J.D., are you picking the Longhorns to beat TCU? Uh, of course, there at home. Go. Yeah, I, I look. I, I think I'm shocked that we are favored um, by what. I mean, what I don't even know what it is. Six, seven, six, I, seven. I, yeah, yep. seven. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, that 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 is absurd. I think if we win, it's going to be a very close game. But I also think it very well could be the other way by by three or seven. And so, uh, I, yeah, that that surprises me. But I think we'll eke out a close one just because uh, you know now we have Gary Patterson on our side. Going to be a fun matchup. That ingredient. That's what the Longhorn fans are certainly hoping this week. That's JD Lewis. If you didn't get your question answered, at JD Lewis FF for fantasy football. At JD Lewis FF, he will be glad to help you out. Just tweet at him. And he will see if he can help you like he's been helping his teams and Zay's teams and a lot of teams. J.D., we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the games. Uh, We'll hit you next week and maybe talk a little Gonzaga. How about that? Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. I'll be rooting hard this weekend for Nick Folk to go 0 for 4. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he has a bye, so, hey, hey, do that. I'm good with that. Oh, my God. He knows he has a bye, J.D. That's (laughs) sad. That is sad. Next week. I'll look for it next week. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, J.D. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, J.D., he's very much – we learned quickly in the fantasy thing questions about kickers and questions about which defense. You want to stay away from those. J.D.'s not a big fan <laughs> of either one of those things in fantasy football. Uh, thanks to J.D. for his time. Justin Wells of Inside Texas coming up at 105. If you're a Longhorn fan want to hear a little bit more uh, about an insider's thoughts on the whole Colton Vosick flip, we'll get you that at 105. Up next in the crap bag, I'll tell you about three coaches that you may have forgotten about. I certainly forgot about them, but they're having pretty darn good years, and they get to decide what happens in football moving forward with some big matchups coming. We'll talk about them next on The Horn. Oh, there's a lot of people listening right now that know the words to this song. My goodness. You talk about a song that goes right to a decade. Is there anything that sounds more 90s than this song? (laughs) Hootie and the Blowfish, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what you say. Darius Rucker. That, 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 again, does not sound like a tribute. Is what it? you mean? That does not sound like a tribute. You sound like you're about to pass out in an alley. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> the man's got a smooth voice. The man's got a smooth, easy listening voice. Hootie and the Blowfish went on to a solo career as well. That was a massive, massive time for them. This album went huge. Is that Cracked Rear View, I think is the name of the record? I only want to be with you. <laughs> Uh, yes, cracked rear view. The fact that he was su- they were such big Dolphins guys, uh, Dolphins fans, they worked the Dolphins reference in, Dan Marino was in the video, like it was weird. <laughs> I'm such a baby, the Dolphins make me cry. He's talking about the team, he's talking about a football team. They're such big sports fans that they would rep, they would like work stuff in like that. He's a Dolphins guy, and then Darius is also a hardcore South Carolina fan. He has like a big... Interesting. Yeah, he has a big tour bus, you know... Uh, tailgating thing that he'll pull up to South Carolina games. He goes to a ton of games in Columbia. Yeah, if I'm a Miami Dolphins fan during that time, a lot of wasted years for Dan Marino. There were a, a few. Lot of wasted You're years. absolutely right. There were some that they did not maximize what they had there because uh, when you talk about quick releases and hand cannons and all the stuff they say about Josh Allen nowadays, I don't think I've ever seen one like Marino. Yeah, I don't he think, was different. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback that could release a football like that guy. 
We talked about the attractive quarterback. You think Jimmy G is best all time. Marino, he's top ten. We didn't mention Marino. Marino's, Marino's top ten. He's a handsome quarterback. You're right. That's a, a good, dude. that's a good looking man. You're right. No doubt about it. And and really has aged well. Like Dan Marino, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, he had that perm slash white fro going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's very permanent for him. Very permanent. Uh, Justin Wells of Inside Texas coming up. A reminder, Texas and TCU, they are going to crank open uh, Longhorn, uh, excuse me, crank open for ESPN Game Day super early on Saturday. Remember, College Game Day goes 8 to 11 a.m., Bevo Boulevard opens earlier than normal as well. They'll open right after that at 11 o'clock, so get on down there. Have yourself a good full day. Longhorn Game Day brought to you by Bud Light with our fellas Aaron, Rod, Harge, Eric Raines jumping in, Jeff Howhorns 24-7 jumping in. That's at 2.30. Bevo shows up at 3.30. If you have not seen Bevo walking down San Jacinto into the stadium, it is quite a sight. That's at 3.30. The team hits at 4 o'clock dressed to the nines and maybe signing a couple autographs for you if you're lucky and third eye blind is your lcl band this week at five o'clock all right a lot going on time you know is this abc game it is so that means it's herbie that's right fowler and herb street all right yeah well herbie gets to stay in town sometimes herbie has to fly out like he'll be whatever they are for game day and then they'll have a bigger game somewhere else and he has to fly for that so at least he gets to stay in town i know i always feel bad for him i'm sure they obviously they fly him really well and treat him really well and all that but god that must be exhausting and now he's doing the Thursday night games? Yeah. Good grief. I mean, that bank account, it must not be too exhausting. No, no, no. I mean, I'm sure he could afford the finest pillow to lay his head that is down true. and get the best rest. <laughs> he, gets the, he gets the finest naps available, <laughs> does Kirk Herbstreit. You're right. Uh, yeah, they'll be the ones calling it. ABC, Texas, TCU, 6.30 kick on Saturday. All right, let's uh, hit a quick crap bag here. I'll remind you of a couple guys that I'll admit I forgot. Here we go. Chad's Crap Bag. Crap Bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. Especially on the college side, we are trained as fans to throw people and and the teams and, and the records away when they just lose a game sometimes, or especially if they lose two or three games. But there are three coaches that have been blinking at me for a while, and I thought they needed to be mentioned here. They all got made fun of over the last year or so, but they're all coaching pretty good football teams right now. Let me start with Pete Carroll in Seattle. They are 6-3. and three. They are the three seed right now in the NFC, if you have not looked at the playoff rankings. And right now, Geno Smith is six in yards. He's first in completion percentage, 73%. He's fifth in touchdowns. He's fourth in total QBR. And he is third in passer rating overall. Seattle is the one team that you thought wouldn't be there in the NFC West. But right now, they may be the only thing you can count on until the Niners get their rhythm back as they feel like they're about to. But right now, they are leading that division. Shout out to Pete Carroll and what they're doing. They beat the Giants earlier in the year. Right now, they'd match up with them in the playoffs. And coming up Sunday morning, they are taking on Tampa in Germany. So they could go 7-3 and three if they get that win. I know a lot of people will focus on the Bucks in that game. But maybe the Seahawks are the team to focus on there. Pete Carroll, don't forget about him. In the college ranks, i got to give Marcus Freeman a little love. Look, it's inexcusable in a way that Notre Dame lost to Marshall and lost to Stanford. The Ohio State thing is not embarrassing, but what they've done since is something I was not paying attention to. They have beaten North Carolina there. 
They beat Syracuse there, and they beat Clemson this past week and drilled them in South Bend. So that's first place on one side of the ACC, first place on the other side, and a second-place team in one of those divisions. Notre Dame beat all three of them by two touchdowns or more. So a team you want to pay attention to because by the end of the year, November 26th, they're going to USC. Are they going to be in the playoff? No, they're not. Could they affect some things? Yes. Shout out to Marcus Freeman. They have rebounded pretty well. They're 6-3. and three. And finally, I got to give it up to Brian Kelly. I was one of the many people that made fun of him. And the moment he said family, everybody just thought he was a joke. And the moment he lost to Florida State, everybody thought, oh, well, that's, oh it's, that's terrible. It's the worst fit in the world. The man doesn't feel like the Bayou and blah, 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 blah. They are 7-2. and two. They finish at Arkansas for the boot. UAB, and then they go to A&M. And I think we all would agree that their chances of winning in College Station are pretty good, playing like they're playing. They just beat Bama in the crazy game. He made the big decision at the end to get it done. If they win out, they go to the SEC title game, and if they were to beat Georgia, they would force the committee into a wild spot because they'd be a two-loss team, and maybe they need to be the first two-loss team to get into the playoff right now. The rivals rankings, where I told you earlier Texas had the number five ranked recruiting class. Yeah, Brian Kelly's got the sixth best recruiting class in America right now, including 17 four stars. So don't forget about those coaches that do have a couple losses, but don't completely throw those teams away. LSU showed last week they are still full of talented players. you got to pay attention to that team in the SEC West. Say what you want about Brian Kelly and trying to meld in and work an, ac- work an accent. The man's a good football coach. Yeah, yeah, this is what he wanted. He wanted to come to LSU and play against the top teams and give himself a chance to win a national title. And he's still recruiting. And, yeah, that big-time win versus Bama, they could really make some noise and maybe finessing their way into that top four, depending on what happens this weekend here at DKR and what happens with the rest of the season with the other teams. But, yeah, Brian Kelly did a hell of a job. Freeman, he's starting to find his stride at Notre Dame. Yeah. We're starting to get behind him because he's always had the locker room. Yep. We knew when we saw that clip when he got the job how right. that locker room reacted. But that so, football's coming now. Yeah, yeah it's finally coming along. And then I think the most impressive of the, uh, the three you mentioned, Pete Carroll. Like, come on, Geno Smith. Russell Wilson going down to right. Denver. You thought that, hey, this might be the last run for Pete Carroll as a head football coach. He's laughing, having a good time on the sideline, cutting up and stuff. And it's like he's rejuvenated. It's like he's found more life coaching this team. And, mm-hmm. and something about certain coaches that, you know, just reteaching a fresh group. And you could tell the Russell Wilson thing got toxic. So, yeah, shout out to Pete Carroll, one of Steve Sarkeesian's mentors. And the other thing on the opposite side of it, because I'm watching the other the the negative side of it right now with my team when you are known as supposedly a quarterback whisperer people really pay attention to that part and Brian Kelly's got Daniels playing ball right he now does. it's not I'm not saying it's not I'm not saying Daniels isn't a part of that but Brian Kelly his quarterback relationship is so key he worked on it at Notre Dame he 
you know, had the had the four and eight season, learned from it, really worked at it, and now he's come out the other side and he's going to hang with SEC talent in Baton Rouge. Look out. That was such a massive win on Saturday night. And they stormed that field and I just thought, Oh my God. Yeah. And Put I know, everybody on notice. Right. I know LSU talent and Arizona State talent's different exactly. from Dyson Daniels, but Herm Edwards, he wasn't utilizing Daniels like that. No, he wasn't. And look where he at. Yeah, no, absolutely. That that talent is there. Impressive stuff from LSU, and I think a lot of people were rooting for them to get that two point conversion, and they certainly did. Nice play, by the way. By the way, that's how you run that play, Jimbo Fisher. Do you notice that play kind of felt like the one A and M messed up against Bama? That mm. front pylon play. That's how you run it, yeah. unless you ran it right. Gutsy call. Too. It was too. Yeah, that was ballsy, man. All right, there's your crap bag. We do it every day about twelve forty-five. Up next, did you hear about the flip? Of course you did, Longhorn fans. Colton Vosick goes from an Oklahoma commit to a Texas commit. We'll talk to Justin Wells of Inside Texas about that. Plus, is he picking Texas to beat TCU? What other big recruits are showing up? And is there a timeline on when Anthony Hill is going to recommit to someplace not called Texas A&M? We'll find out on the Horn.